And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. I feel like I am just coming out of, I don't even want to call it a coma, but I have been so preoccupied with the beginning of the school year that I feel like I have very little idea of what is going on in the actual world of wrestling, Doc Manson, that Doc Manson. Will you teach me? Will you catch me up? Will you show me what to take heart in? Uh, I don't know if that's something I can do, DC Matthews at DC Matthews. N-A-I. I, too, have just been starting my school year, and I'm frazzled. I am dazed. I am, uh, you know, preoccupied for most of my days. Um, Things have yet to start really slowing down, although I imagine they will in the next week or two. So it's, uh, yeah, although I watched wrestling this week, um, I think on Raw I was probably asleep by maybe eight. 30 or so. Okay. And then for SmackDown, I think I watched it all, but I'll be darned if I could tell you what happened. Well, so then maybe what we should do, since I do forget that you have a school year similar to my own, we start right around the same time. So it's in, so maybe what we'll do is we will, um, kind of learn together and we'll be able to respond and maybe we will have fresh perspectives and we will be able to look positively at everything because we have we are looking at it from afar the last two weeks when i've been watching wrestling i've been watching the may young classic with you on ddt wrestling and i encourage you to check out the first five episodes perhaps at some point we will continue seems unlikely Um, it may happen you don't know but yes, it probably does seem unlikely. Um, <laughs> so I, I decided, you know, in, in trying to be somewhat prepared for the show, because one of us needs to be at least somewhat prepared, I went ahead and tried to make heads or tails of the last few weeks in the world of wrestling based on, you know, some some results and things like that. Um, and again, I, I really do want to be positive. I do not want this to become a show... That is just us. Because right now, No Mercy is a pay-per-view coming up in just a few weeks. And on paper, it looks pretty good. And there are some things in here that I am quite uh, curious about. So, you know, do you want to start there? Do you want to start on SmackDown and the suspension of Shane McMahon? What interests you, Doc Manson? Um, Let's start with No Mercy, I guess. And everything going into that. Well, let's just talk about this for a second. Um, We have had, over the past two weeks, a series of back-and-forth verbal battles between John Cena and Roman Reigns. Now, I imagine you have paid little attention to that because you are not a huge fan of either competitor. And I don't even really want to break down the, the battle itself. What I find most fascinating is that this is not going to be the main event of that show. John Cena versus Roman Reigns is not the main event of No Mercy. And I believe it speaks to something that you and I and many other people have talked about. 
and that is the power of Braun Strowman. So let's start there in that Braun Strowman is a wrestling, to take terms from JBL, and I do want to talk about JBL a little later, he is essentially right now a wrestling god. Your thoughts on Braun Strowman and his upcoming universal title match with one Brock Lesnar. I love Braun Strowman. He looks like a million bucks these days. I even enjoyed what I saw of his main event with the big show. Uh, You know, he can do no wrong, it seems like. He has organically become this 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 monster badass sort of character and um yeah it's lightning in a bottle they haven't done anything to derail his momentum i i don't know if they're truly 100 percent behind him i i find it i don't know i find it unlikely that he will come out of this confrontation with brock lesnar as the universal champion but man i would really like it if he did I would like it if he did, too, and I I kind of am with you. Part of me is like, no, you are not going to have a title change at a B-level pay-per-view like No Mercy. But then again, maybe that's exactly why you do have it, because it would be unexpected. And we are in that gray area where, as much as we like Survivor Series, it's no longer a real strong pay-per-view. We've got four months till the Rumble. It's entirely possible that he could win kind of in the same way Goldberg won. He could win, and then eventually Brock Lesnar gets the title back. You know what I, I suppose mean? We, we that's dealing, possible. But again, I don't care, personally. It's just very fun to watch this guy who seemingly got himself over. Just like Steve Austin did with that promo. I don't think anyone told him to say it. He decided to use the Austin 316 line. And that character and that talent got himself over with the fans. Braun Strowman is doing the same thing. And if WWE is smart, you grab on and you enjoy the ride. Because he is going to make you look very, very good. I agree. And I hope that that certainly is what they do. Although, I don't know, call me skeptical, call me cynical, perhaps, sort of going back to what we were talking about before with, you know, Roman Reigns and John Cena. I actually have seen a bit of those interactions. I don't know how, probably because it's on the replays and things. But I feel like they're using John Cena, you know, to voice the audience's opinion of Roman Reigns. They're trying to you know, get in front of that to some degree. As you said just a few moments ago, this is a match they're setting up. It won't be the main event of this show. I think we're seeing a pattern with Roman Reigns where they've been keeping him out of the main events of pay-per-views for the most part. I mean, there was that fatal four-way. I think that they think by keeping him out of the spotlight, keeping him out of title matches, by entering into this program where he's seemingly being cut down, um... I think they think that's going to make us like him more so that when they do push him again and make no mistake, DC, the plan is to push him again. Sure. Probably at WrestleMania leading up to it and so on. Um, 
if that's really their long-term plan, then I don't know how well that bodes for Braun Strowman. See the connection? I do see the connection. And, and, you know, the the question becomes, if WWE has a serious long-term plan for Roman Reigns, how do you fit Braun Strowman in? And uh, to me, and this is, you know, office chair booking where I don't have to consider the countless things WWE has to factor in. You can do this together where you could have these two guys just feud back and forth on and off for years. And maybe one of the stories is Roman Reigns can't ever win the big one. I don't remember who won the match. I think Braun Strowman won the match where eventually Roman Reigns hit him with the car or hit him with the ambulance or whatever that was. Yes, he did. But these two can go back and forth. You don't have to have a long-term plan that only pushes one guy. In fact, I would counter the smarter plan is to build a long-term picture with multiple guys that can slot in there. I agree with you. Yes. I hope that's the plan. Yes, I would say so too. Um, Before we move on too far into the Roman Reigns, John Cena area, uh, Brock Lesnar, or not Brock Lesnar, excuse me, Braun Strowman did wrestle the big show, the baby face, clean shaven big show that just makes me feel all sorts of awkward. Like Why? Just, I, just because like he wore, he had the facial hair for so long as someone who has had this hair on my chin since junior year of college and, you know, hid his face for a while while it was gone. Um, it was just a. St- I was like, no, why would you do that? Because why? he's a handsome man, DC, and it's okay to let that handsomeness shine through. Does facial hair deflect from handsomeness? I it does you. not. It does not. But there's nothing wrong or less handsome about a man without it. When you had the mustache, which I keep trying to get you to bring back, you looked quite fetching. I Thank must you. say. Thank you. Um, my question to you. Was that the last wrestling match of Paul White, a.k.a. the Big Show's career? You know, I heard a lot of talk about that. It um, it seemed like a lot of people were sort of viewing it that way, but, you know, I don't think so. I think they would have made a bigger deal out of the Big Show's retirement. I think, much like Ric Flair or The Undertaker, I think that's something you do at a WrestleMania or maybe a SummerSlam. I, I think I think that gets advertised, potentially. I, I don't think he just quietly goes out uh, into the night. So I don't think so. If anything, I, you know, maybe he's got some sort of surgery that he's been putting off that he wants to get done. And I don't know if you know this, DC. You probably don't. Uh, but uh, yesterday, Wednesday... Okay. Uh, was the release of a brand new video game, um, one that you know many people are looking forward to, called Destiny Two. And okay. I don't know whether you know this or not, but the big Stop show. Stop saying that, because every time you say that, I want to respond with, "But he's an African American," no. and, and and it's just not appropriate. It okay, is not so appropriate. The big show has something to do with Destiny Two. Tell me about this. Uh, he is on record as a very large, ha, puns, a very large fan of Destiny 1. He played the crap out of that game. It's sort of an MMO first-person shooter. You can play that game for hundreds or thousands of hours. Uh, I think 
He may be taking a little bit of time off, maybe to get some surgery, and during that recuperation time, he is going to play the shit out of Destiny 2. That's my guess. Did you play Destiny 1? I did. Did you enjoy Destiny 1? Sort of. I felt like there was too little content. I only played the vanilla game when it first came out. I never bought any of the expansion packs. And I felt sort of burned by the initial game. I felt the story was sort of short. There was poor looking for group tools, um, so on and so forth. So I never got back into it. Although I hear the expansions really helped that game, but I was not interested in paying $20 a pop for three or four expansions on top of what I had paid for the base game. So I ca- I just sort of sat it out for the rest of that game. But I heard it turned around. I heard the story got a lot better. I heard you know there were some improvements to the overall flow of that game. And a lot of what I'm hearing about Destiny 2 does make me inclined to check it out, but at the same time, I do still sort of feel burned by Destiny mm-hmm. 1, where I'm not sure I'm going to. Um, and, and you have we'll said see. you have you have been a long term person who has said you don't necessarily buy a game right away because there are inevitably going to be bugs and problems and patches, and you tend to want to wait in certain instances for yeah. those things to sort themselves out before you dive in. Sometimes I like to dive in right away to be part of the zeitgeist, you know, to be part of the greater conversation. I enjoy that experience as well sometimes. Um, and that's certainly I think what happened with Destiny One. I felt like I wanted to be part of that conversation, uh, but. I don't know, Destiny 2, I sort of feel like it's the same conversation. And on top of that, Destiny 2 is being, unlike the first one, which was a console exclusive, this one will be released on the PC, so I'm more inclined to pick it up and play it there, except it won't be out there for another two months. So it wasn't day and date release on PC. It's it's one of those things I watched now, granted, because I'm not a big... um, You know, I have a PS4, but I'm not a huge console gamer. Um, I'm... Still, I don't have not like that big show, not like that big show, but all the stuff I looked at destiny, all I saw was, Oh, they're redoing unreal tournament. Cool. And I'm nah. sure that's not the case. I'm no, sure it's that's a very different case. game. It's a very different game, but, but that's, that's, that's where my reference point lies. So anyway, so you believe that the big show is taking some time off. He probably does have a myriad of surgeries that he could probably benefit from, but you think we see him again. Absolutely. Now, I wasn't going to bring this topic up, but you brought it up yourself, so let's kind of get into it. We are entering a time period where there are a number of superstars who either are going to retire or potentially have already retired. I don't know if Kane's coming back. Probably depends on the election. If he wins, he's never coming back. If he loses, maybe he does to recoup some of that money. Um, I don't know what's going on with Mark Henry. You know, I'm not sure what his story is. Are we going to see all of these guys? Now, granted, that's just three names, but there are others, too, to consider. Are we going to see official retirements, or are some of these guys just going to kind of fade into? I think some of those guys just fade off into the night, and and they just Mm -hmm. sort of are gone. But I do think that some of, um, you know, the more prominent names certainly do get their send-off. And I think the big show is one of those. I think it would have been interesting had that ended and one, and this is obvious, of course, had the WWE roster appeared on the ramp to applaud him as they did for Asuka this week on NXT. Sorry to bring up a sore subject, but she did forfeit her title and they did come out and applaud her to, you know, congratulate her on her epic reign. Um, So since she officially 
handed over the title, vacated the title as of the airing of the episode last night. Do you happen to know what the official length of her title reign was? I do not. I don't know if they're going to go a storyline length to last night or if they will go to whatever night she actually handed over the title. The title may have been vacant for the last few weeks, despite the fact that it wasn't on TV. I'm not sure how WWE handles that. I heard it was going to be until the episode aired. She was still considered champion. Then we're talking 520, 530, I think. Because she hit 500 days right around the time of TakeOver. Um, I'm sure we could look that up. But, you know, I'm inclined to agree with you. I do understand there was a lot of symbolism in how the big show lost. He lost in a very similar way to how he made his uh, debut in WWF at the time. Um, I think he's back. You know, my gut, not my gut, my hope would be this guy, for being seven foot tall, is an incredibly articulate and eloquent person. He's not your stereotypical dumb giant. He's not Lenny from Mice and Men sort of thing. So I want him in a commentary booth. Now, I don't know if he's going to want to travel just to be an announcer, but I think that would be great because he could do, if he did that, he's got another two or three years of filling that Jerry Lawler role where every so often he gets back in the ring and he wrestles five times a year, if that, but he's I actually, I think that would be a really cool opportunity. I can just see it now. Big show on commentary. They have to bring out a, a supersized reinforced commentary table for him to sit at. Yeah. Um, you know, people are putting other wrestlers through the reinforced table, and that's a major time. That table was reinforced to handle the weight of the big show, and he just crashed through it with that devastating power bomb oh my god like we would have like a super commentary table suddenly at ringside you bring out a bigger chair he's got a bigger kind of office executive chair there's a comical moment where alexa bliss comes out to do commentary big show being the gentleman stands to give her his chair and you see little five foot one alexa bliss sitting in this giant chair like she did with the lifeguard chair i think she probably would need the ladder to get into big shows she might need to but all of those guys, you know, Sanity eventually is going to make their main roster debut. Maybe they start bothering the Big Show. So he's in a, you know, six-man tag with some other team. So you see Big Show versus Killian Dane. You get that face off. I don't know. That's personally what I would hope for. I may be expecting too much. Um, and it's entirely possible that in six months he's back for, you know, maybe he's back for WrestleMania for the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. And he wrestles another year though he did say apparently that 33 was his last mania so i don't know we'll see how much money they offer him i i suppose that is true um so let's get into john cena and roman reigns uh did you watch the promo back and forth the first one i think i did and i might have seen some of what happened this past week after john cena's match with something happened where roman reigns did not have his pants zipped someone I saw that. I heard that. Who Jason was Jordan? Yes, that was it. Okay. In a in a nice little full circle moment from John Cena's debut was against Kurt Angle. Now John Cena gives an opportunity to Kurt Angle's son. In five years, do we look back on this and be like, wow, that are we gonna give a DDT award for dumbest angle of the year to Jason Jordan being Kurt Angle's son? Can we just lock that in right now? I Well, you know, given that he is Kurt Angle's son, I think Jordan Angle, in fact, is the dumbest angle 
uh, of the year. <laughs> Fair enough. Jason Jordan angle. Indeed. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I didn't see this week's promo. I heard it had something to do with the fact that Roman's pants were unzipped. Yeah. And, and his John reply Cena was, yeah, big dog. Yeah. I, I, I don't, the Roman <laughs> reigns. I'm sorry. There are, and this is this is going to show my bias because of course I understand that there are people out there who feel exactly the opposite. However, Roman Reigns with retorts like that to me is just proving how incredibly unlikable he is. I don't think he's very charismatic and I don't think he's doing himself any favors. I think he's proving to us and I, I... We saw it the day after WrestleMania. When he retired The Undertaker, maybe or maybe not, Michael Cole's not convinced, um, he came out, he had the crowd in the palm of his hand, he said one sentence, and that was it. That, in an essence, if you want to push Roman Reigns, that's who you need to give us. You can't put him in there, you know, and again, uh, Jason Maltov and the New Age Insiders on their podcast last week talked about how this may have been a test and how Roman Reigns didn't fail, but he didn't pass with flying colors either. I don't know necessarily that this was a test. You know, John Cena is a once in a lifetime talent. I think Not- Roman Reigns did relatively fine yeah. against Roman against John Cena. And on top of that, you know, the thing I should say is while I said before, and I want to I want to be more careful about the things I say. Uh, on the podcast. So I think I said before, just previously now, that Roman Reigns is not very charismatic. I don't... That's... That's... That's not correct of me to say. That's that's being disingenuous, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't mean to attack him as a performer, which I think by, by talking about his charisma, I guess, is what I'm really doing. Um, I'm So what I really mean to say is I don't care for the character of Roman Reigns, but... On top of that, I I don't think necessarily my reaction is inappropriate. I think, you know, for a certain set of the audience, of which I am a part, they are instructing him to act a certain way, playing to his, I don't know if you want to call it strengths or weaknesses, whatever, however you want to term it, but the way that he gave that retort, causing me to say, I dislike this, was probably part of their overall plan. I think they are very happy to have part of the audience who does not like Roman Reigns. I don't think they're shying away from it. In fact, I think they're embracing it. I, in having the reaction I am having, am doing exactly what they want me to do. So, I mean, you know, I I can't fault him or them, really. Mm -hmm. I don't like it, but I'm not supposed to like it. I think a couple of things. Number one, you're absolutely right. WWE wants you to feel something about Roman Reigns. If you love him, great. If you hate him, great. Just Mm -hmm. feel one way or the other. Don't be ambivalent. Um, Second thing is, and this is, I think, a lot of the problems that happen with Roman Reigns specifically. People cannot separate between Roman Reigns, the character, and whatever the man's actual name is, because I don't know. I think it's Joe. That sounds I right. It, I think it's because there's multiple Samoans. I think it's Joe. Samoa Joe. 
I don't think that's the case. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but they, you know, so when we make, and part of it is part of it is honest to when we make criticisms of Roman Reigns, in many cases we are criticizing the character. Yeah, we are not criticizing the man. I actually think, and that's sort of just going back to what I was saying before about being more careful with my wording. I think a lot of times the things that I say, the critiques I give. Uh, and, you know, historically, even I may have meant them to be about the performer and not the character. I can't speak blanketly. But again, I, I do want to sort of get away from that. And certainly mm-hmm. I want to have an understanding with my audience that yes. I am trying to talk about the character. Um, when Roman regardless. Reigns got hit in the head with the briefcase. <laughs> We enjoyed that that character had that happen. Yes. I don't think either of us took a whole lot of pleasure in the fact that that man got hit with a briefcase. We understood that was uncool, but because it was that specific character, we chuckled. And again, we are able to separate character from man. Again, JBL is going to come up in conversation a little later. I loved the JBL character, and I recognize that the man is a dingbat. <laughs> and I can separate those two things. Um, I well, think... let me ask you along those lines. I think this is maybe an extreme question, but I think it's the one that gets begged by the line of conversation you're talking about. And you could just say you pass, but what about Chris Benoit, the man in the character? Chris Benoit. the ben... Chris Benoit is an interesting case because I believe 10 to 20 years down the road, we are going to know far more about traumatic brain injuries. I believe Chris Benoit, the man, was a good man until his brain got so mushed he became someone else. I find Chris Benoit, the wrestler, incredibly watchable. Yes. He was he was great. Chris Benoit, the man, I cannot forgive what he did, but I believe there is more understanding to come as science uh, begins continues to understand the brain and these traumatic things that happen. That's how I would say that. I, I, I won't pass on that. I think Chris Benoit should be in the Hall of Fame. The wrestler. I know that can't happen right now because of what he did those last few days of his life. But personally, I find he had a Hall of Fame career. And if we're going to have Jimmy Snuka in there, and if we're going to have Hulk Hogan in there, now granted Hulk Hogan's crimes weren't as grievous but i think there could be a case to be made for chris benoit that was a good question um so yeah i think roman reigns like it just got to be brevity like you want to make the joke you want to be the cool dude and talk about having a big dog fine but it's when you try to tell a prolonged verbal story that i stop paying attention yeah okay that's fair um but again it's again this is the second main event of this pay-per-view. And then, and we don't have to go through the entire card. Um, I do want to point out, I did not know Emma was apparently in the women's title match. I believe she was a fatal four way. Yes. They were added as a result of the match that took place on Monday night. Okay. Do you care that Sasha Banks has never defended the women's title? She's won it four times and lost it right after. Well, She's defended it, but she's always lost that first defense. Which I think you're saying she never successfully defended her title. Yes, I suppose that's true. Having the matches defending it if you fail to def- 
It's semantics, but yes, she has never okay. successfully defended. Does that bother you? I know you're not a huge Sasha Banks fan, but do you feel like she's being buried? Is this like is the world over? And I don't think she's being buried. Although I do think it's good practice to allow your champion to have something of a reign. But at the same time, I mean, how many times did um, Jake the Snake Roberts win a championship? I do not believe he ever held WWF gold. How, I mean, how how many times did Rowdy Roddy Piper hold the WWF championship? As we talked on our podcast when we broke it down, zero times. How many times did Mr. Perfect win the WWF championship? 48, but that was just in my playing of WWE video games. Right. So the point is, there's plenty of people with storied careers who I don't think you have any chance of saying were buried, um, who never even won the title. She's won it four four times? Five times? Four times? I believe four. Four times. And okay, so she hasn't successfully defended it. Not necessarily... um, a choice I would have made. Maybe that wasn't on purpose the first couple of times, but certainly by the fourth, I would have noticed a trend and maybe I would have corrected, allowed her to defend it once or twice. Mm-hmm. But, but that said, I don't think it's grievous. I, I don't think it, it she, she's, she's a four time champion. It's clearly a storyline. And if you're having a storyline written about you, uh, unless your name is Baron Corbin, I suppose you're not being buried. Like, sure. They've decided, okay, you're going to hold this title a bunch of times, but you're not going to be able to successfully defend it. And that's eventually going to lead somewhere. So if it how- leads to a heel turn, this it, was all worth it. You know what makes just as much sense? Emma. Emma has not had a pay-per-view match since 2014. And now wow. the first pay-per-view match that she is in since returning from a second injury is a title match. Does that mean that Emma is being pushed to the moon? Does this mean that Emma is being pushed down our throats as the top end-all, be-all of the women's division? I don't think so. I don't think there's any water to that argument. and So I don't see, you know, it's sort of the reverse, but I I find it to be a very similar argument about Sasha. I, I don't see any truth to that either. I, I agree. I think it's fine. It is a story. We saw a more serious side of her. I would say a bossier side of her uh, in a face-off with Alexa Bliss on TV this week. It, I think this is the problem with you know social media and, and these short attention spans is... I'm sorry, what were we saying? Exactly. In the <laughs> short term, if, yeah. you're looking, if you're looking only in a very small space yeah sure maybe this isn't good you've got to see the big picture you've got to be patient and let this story tell itself if next year we're in the middle of a seven to nine month heel sasha banks title reign and it all came because she eventually snapped because she kept losing trying to play by the rules well then this was a very well told story by wwe i agree with that and but i'll be i'll go a step further even if it does not go there, even if she never gets that that prolonged heel turn, let's say tomorrow 
I don't really, you know, want this to happen, but like, tomorrow she steps out in front of a bus and she never wrestles again. You know, like worst case scenario. Let's just. I love that five minutes ago you were like, I'm going to be very careful with what I say on this show. Let's assume Sasha Banks was hit by a bus. Well, let's just. just, just I I'm get just what you're saying. saying. You're making a She never point. wrestles again. I still don't think her losing four times in a row with no successful defenses was a no. negative on her career. No. When you look at the stat sheet, it says four-time champion. I, I see that she was one of the four horsewomen. She she was an integral part of the women's revolution. She won that championship four times, and she was a fan favorite. Boom. She is Hall of Fame worthy already. And I don't even need that he'll turn six or seven months from now. Now, I said at the outset of this show that I wanted to be very positive, and I feel like in the first 32 minutes, we have done so. We have been very positive. We have been rational. We have been reasonable. Having said that, we seem to be heading very easily towards a four horsewomen of wrestling versus four horsewomen of ultimate fighting. Um Shayna Baszler is still in the Mae Young Classic. I know we're only five episodes in. It's entirely possible, given the Ronda Rousey uh, connection, that she's going to make it deep into this tournament. Um, Ronda Rousey has been I'm giving you the stink eye because I think I'm reading between your lines, and I don't like being spoiled. Only semi read between my final lines. Only semi. Um, I don't know. I, I did have, I've been trying to stay spoiler free, but it's now been on, you know, it's been three days. It's not going to happen. I did see who the semifinalists are. You're going to like one of them. You will be 25% happy with the semifinals of the May Young Classic, which might be why we don't wind up watching the rest of it. And we should, but. Okay. Do you want to know? No, I I feel like we shouldn't blatantly spoil it for our listeners yet either. So, yes, I am sure there are people who are waiting with bated breath for us to come out with these next episodes. Um, But yeah, I think we're going to get a four horsewomen versus four horsewomen in some form or fashion. Tell me, Doc Manson, as a wrestling fan and as a fan of women's wrestling as you are, what does that do for you? Very little. But you could tell me that Conor McGregor was going to come to the WWE. You could tell me Floyd Money Mayweather was going to come to the WWE. Come back. Correct. You could tell me that, you know, UFC star CM Punk was going to come back to the WWE, and I would be just as equally enthused. Like, I don't – I see those as very different arenas. I am not a fan of Ultimate Fighting or MMA. Uh, it's a, it's to me, there is not a lot of overlap. You, I know a lot of, um, I feel like a lot of new Japan people like to refer to professional wrestling as combat sports, but I don't really see wrestling as a combat sport. Uh, I, I think they're very different things and I have no interest in seeing, it would be like me wanting to see the stars of baseball in a wrestling ring. It would be like me wanting to see a NASCAR driver in a wrestling ring. I would be, Fair I, enough. And I know those things happen. We see actors in wrestling rings. 
but I have very little interest in any of those things. I want to see wrestlers against wrestlers. And if you want to have a Cindy Lopper there to, to give me a song or be a manager, okay. Mm-hmm. But I don't need to see him in the ring. I don't no. want to see people get hurt. I want to see well-trained performers who know what they're doing with good ring psychology telling me a solid story in the ring as well as outside of it. And the fact that you made it big beating people up for real, um, it, it, that's I don't know. I just It does not really interest me. I am with you 100%. I had no problem with whatever it was that Ronda Rousey did with The Rock the last time. I think she did something with Stephanie McMahon. I can't remember, and I'm glad I can't remember, and I'm okay with it staying that way. Now, that said, that said, I know at least one of the four horsewomen of Ultimate Fighting has wrestling training. She's in the Mae Young Classic. I don't know anything about the other three, though. Um, Are are, are they training? Are they training? Have they been training for years, and I just don't know about it? I would assume they have not been training for years. But that's a different story. If you're going to tell me that the four horsewomen are coming to NXT and are are gearing up so that in 2020 we get a four horsewoman versus four horsewoman match, I might be on board with that. Yes, me too. But it's going to be if we get WrestleMania, it's the spectacle of it. And we get a bunch of women who aren't super well trained versus... Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Becky Lynch, all could be doing substantial stories. And I, I just like just to, I mean, again, this is semantics, but I just want to correct a little bit of your verbiage there. Uh, I don't want to see people without wrestling training doing this. Women don't yes. enter into it. I don't care if it's a man or a woman okay. or whatever. No, I don't, I'm not saying. People. I'm not saying that. Yes. Like I said it's semantics. I know it's not what you actually no. meant, but just saying. Yeah. And again, like you know, I enjoyed what Stephen Amell, the guy who played Arrow, did in his quick little thing. But he obviously, he did take a little bit of time, maybe not enough, but he took a little bit of time and he was in a tag team match where he had to do very little. Yeah. So, um, this begs the question, though. Is there a celebrity? Is there someone who you would like to see in WWE in some form or fashion. My initial thing is, could you find a reason to put Bruce Campbell in a WWE arena? Like if he decided, if he guest hosted raw, you would be more interested than you would probably many other celebrities guest hosting raw. Sure. I'll grant you that. But I, but again, like, I find it to be a poor use of time, really. Yes. I mean, because like there's been who wants... there have been guest hosts who I've liked before. I've, at one time, I forget what's his name, James Roday, perhaps uh, the actor from Psych, and yep. and I forget who plays Gus, but um, Dule Hill. Yeah, Dule Hill. They were both guest hosts of Raw one night. They were good. They were entertaining. They clearly had a love of wrestling. I enjoy them for their work in other things. I didn't need to see it. There was a time that Ashton Kutcher and somebody else were on commentary. Yeah. And at first I was like, oh, God, this is going to be terrible. And I'm listening going, they're making references that I wish commented. Like, they're referencing 
Uh, they they clearly have followed it enough. There is a passion there that comes across. And I was like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but if they came back to do commentary again, I'd be okay with that. Sure. So doesn't yes, mean it, I'm looking for it though. No, and neither am I. I want the wrestlers to be the ones that are the focus. I you know when we bring other entertainers in, that's where I. But, I mean, Most of the time, lose my interest. That said, I understand why they do it. I don't hold it against them if that's what they want to do. That's their prerogative. I just, again, I'm going to be somewhat less interested to see it personally, but I, I'm not, like, condemning the practice. Sure. What is your interest level in Enzo Amore challenging for the Cruiserweight title? My interest is equal to whatever the possibility is of him getting that custom leopard print cruiserweight belt that I saw one of the uh, Twitter folk uh, uh, mock up because that was an awesome creation. I retweeted that and I think I put something like I can't like I was having a good day before this. But as I looked at it, I went, you know what? I don't hate it. If Enzo Amore is going to bring. Do do you know who tweeted that? Do you know who tweeted that? I'd like to give a shout out to whoever I don't, did that I work. Can, I can see if I can look. Okay. And again, I don't know if whoever I retweeted is the one who originated it, but I will oh, take okay. a minute to try to figure that out. Because I was like, you know what? That's exactly where he should be. If he's not going to be managing people, if they want to try to like if they're gonna have him be a wrestler, he should be in the cruiserweight division. And so if he's gonna, you know, Leopard I print out the title. The title. I, I can't say I hate it. I like Enzo Amore. I, I don't necessarily care for some of the recent storytelling he's been involved with uh, on Raw. Um, but, you know, to, to have the possibility of him being in the ring with guys appropriately sized for him... You know, I don't think he's a bad wrestler. I, I mean, I don't think he's necessarily at the Neville level, but I don't think he needs to be. He's a big personality. And, I mean, he's he is a modern-day Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? He doesn't need to have all the moves. He's got that over-the-top look. He's got that character. People love him. He's selling the merch. Get eyes on 205 Live That's any exactly way it. you can. That's exactly it. You made you hurt me a little bit there, although I get the logic. But when you were like, uh, he's, you know, a modern day Hulk Hogan, I was like, oh, God, no, he's well, sort of. He kind of is a little in bit. In one sense. Where in the world did I put it? Somebody must have retweeted it. <laughs> we will try. We will find we will track it down and we will give proper praise to whoever created the leopard print belt because it is a genius idea. That is exactly what should happen. I hate to say it, but. Enzo Amore is probably the best choice of a guy to take the belt off of Neville because he is everything Neville is not. Right. And, you know, you could come back at me and say, why is he the right guy? Why wasn't Austin Aries the right guy? Why wasn't TJ Perkins the right guy? Why wasn't, you know, why isn't Cedric Alexander the right guy? Why isn't um, Noam Dar? Not me, not Noam Dar. <laughs> we know why he's not the right guy. But, but you know, um, there are plenty. Metallic. Sure, sure. Um, all those guys are good, and you know, a couple of those guys I think have connected with the audience to some extent. Uh, but I do, and you know, I'm probably gonna catch flack for this saying Austin Aries wasn't over with the audience because I mean, obviously, clearly he was. I think I do think there was a a, a widespread 
mainstream even disappointment with him not winning at WrestleMania, them being on the pre-show. I think he was at that level where people were ready for him to do it. So I don't mean to take anything away from those who have challenged before. But Enzo Amore is a whole different animal. Possibly a leopard. Enzo Amore will bring you fresh eyes to the cruiserweight division. I liked Austin Aries just fine. And Austin Aries brought, for the most part, eyes of people who were probably already going to watch 205 Live anyways. The people who are, you know, the indie guys, the people who are, or the, not even guys, the people who are clued in to the worldwide wrestling scene who are going to pay more attention to cruiserweight wrestling anyways. Enzo Amore offers you a fresh audience. Austin Aries brought the fans who already subscribe to the WWE Network. Correct. We need, they need, rather, people who do not subscribe to the WWE Network to subscribe. When I was in my teens, 96, 97, 95, I was watching... WCW, and the whole reason I got into WCW, it was not Hulk Hogan and the Dungeon of Doom. It was the fact that I turned on this other wrestling show, and during the first hour, they had matches with guys like Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero and Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio, and I had never seen anything like that. Now, part of it is that WWE is not going to give some of these wrestlers a chance to do things we've never seen. Part of that's because modern wrestling involves a lot of those things. But also, it's, but again, they need some 9, 10, 12 year old kid who's a fan of Enzo Amore, who has the wig, to be like, oh, Enzo's the cruiserweight champion? Okay, I'll see what this 205 Live is all about. And then maybe they discover, hey, there's this guy, Tony Nice. Hey, here's this guy, Cedric Alexander. These guys are pretty cool. They go to mom and dad and say, hey, I would really like to watch this show every week. I can watch it any time. It's on demand. It's just $10 a month. Yeah. 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 I. You're absolutely right. Enzo Amore makes sense as the guy to beat Neville. If you had told me that back when Neville won the title, I would have walked to your house and slapped you in the face. But now <laughs> it makes all the sense in the world. Sure. All right, we have covered just about everything from Raw. Yes, Ambrose and Rollins are going to wrestle Sheamus and Cesaro again. Yes, I had forgotten that Ambrose and Rollins were the tag team champs. Um, Apparently, Bray Wyatt wants to battle the mortal Finn Balor. I don't know what that's about. I guess he figured the demon beat Okay. The demon beat him, so now he's challenging the mortal. So, obviously, this means that Finn Balor, without face paint, will beat him. All this means to me is the demon's not going to show up every month, and I appreciate that. Sure. So let's move on to the SmackDown side of things, if you are all right with that. Absolutely. Um, not a whole lot is going on in the world of SmackDown Live. What? Did you not hear about the big news? Which news is that? Shane O. Mack has been suspended and... To address the issue next week on SmackDown will be none other than the CEO and chairman of the board, Vincent 
Kennedy McMahon. I wish we had a video podcast because that was beautiful. Yeah, thank you. You you totally sold that. Um, yes, Shane has been suspended. Kevin Owens provoked Shane. Shane attacked him. Owens threatened to sue. Now Shane has been suspended. Where does this go? Hell in a cell. I'm really excited for this. Yeah. I'm a little like, I'm sorry, Sami Zayn. I'm just sorry because Kevin Owens is probably the greatest character on that show. And so he's naturally going to work with Shane and Sami Zayn's losing to Aiden English on SmackDown Live. But still. Well, in all fairness, Aiden English really needed to have an establishing win. Do you remember Mike Bennett? Who? Mike Kanellis and Maria. Where are they? Oh, Mike Kanellis. That is a character that I am familiar with. But where have they been these last weeks? When was the last time you saw them on television? Oh, well, I mean, do you want the kayfabe answer or the real answer? Because the real answer is he's been in rehab. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, okay. See, this is how out of the loop I am. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, he had a painkiller addiction, apparently, so. Well, then, you know what? I wish him all the best. Me too. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Because I just thought they tried it, it didn't go the way they wanted, and, like, he was going to show up in NXT or something. But, okay. You know the thing that I think is um, strange, though? And I don't know how this works. Maybe because maybe he he self-reported or something. I don't understand how somebody has a painkiller addiction. One gets hired by the WWE mm-hmm. two passes the physical and I assume initial drug screenings required to join the WWE passes whatever sort of random drug screenings they have before he becomes an on-screen character and then ends up going to rehab for said addiction without getting a wellness policy mark against him. Again, could be because it's self-reported, could be because maybe he was on prescription meds, it wasn't a ding on the wellness policy when he was hired because he had a prescription for it, and it wasn't until later that, you know, he realized he was having an issue, so self-reported, did the responsible thing. You know, Mm -hmm. I just, I'm just curious what the intricacies of the wellness policy are that allowed this to happen so low-key. That's a great question. And maybe it's one of those things, you know, as a teacher, if someone admits to like, you know, you have somebody do something that would normally get them in trouble. But if they own up to it, they sometimes don't get in trouble because you're like, I want to reward that honesty and I want others to see that honesty and use it as an example. Maybe we're in a situation like this where, yeah, maybe this would require a 30 day suspension normally. But you're, he might be one of the first people to come up and go, hey, before you, you know, before you catch me, I've got this problem. I'm hoping you guys can help me out. They might be like, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and sure. that said, like, while I am, you know, intrinsically curious, again, about the intricacies of the policy, uh, the happenstances of this event that allowed it, I just want to go on record as saying I recognize I, I am not – I am not there. There's nothing owed to me. I, there's no privilege or anything where I should be given this information. I'm just saying it, it's 
I'm just saying I'm not are saying you running I, for office. Like, I, I'm really? not expecting that. I understand that's personal and it's none of my business. I'm just naturally no, curious. We're not, that's all we're not I'm saying. Even necessarily, we're not even necessarily asking about the specifics of Mike Canellis's sure problem. It happens we're to curious be... how the actual policy works. If you go to WWE and say, hey, I'm about to take, like, you just asked me to take a drug test. I should let you know this is going on before I take it. What happens? Because technically you haven't failed. Sure. Right. Like, it's entirely possible. And this paints him in a slightly more negative light, or at least a slightly more self-serving light. It could be that they handed him a cup and he said, before I go fill this, well, you should know. I'm guessing that if that's the scenario, you don't reward that behavior, right? I don't know. Technically, he did nothing wrong. Well, I'm talking, well, first of all, in this hypothetical scenario, let's remove the names. We're not talking about Mike Kanellis here. This no, is just a hypothetical we're situation. We're talking about Jeremy of, Every wrestler. Exactly, right, yes. But yeah, I mean, again, something would tell me that in that particular instance, you probably don't cut him any slack. But if you weren't planning on screening him, and he just happens to say, hey, you know, I had a prescription for this, but I'm sort of feeling like I'm dependent on it. Can I take a few weeks um, to sort of get this out of my system? You say, yeah. all right, sounds good. We also need to consider the fact that the WWE schedule is far different than the schedule of your average independent wrestler. Oh, yeah, 100%. There's a little more travel. There's a little more wear and tear. What you might be able to get through without serious painkillers might change when you start traveling 300 plus days a year 300 days plus christmas now do you want to talk about that i was that? just gonna bring that up yeah. um what do you think they're there just because of the way it falls i think they're gonna have i think christmas and new year's are on monday so they're gonna have a live raw on christmas and on new year's yeah i don't care for it um i wish that those guys could get that night off um as i understand it it's less you know a wwe those, decision those people, those people. Not those guys, those people. Yes, those people. I'm sorry, I, I don't mean... We're using guys in the colloquial Well, sense yes, but guys as a term is a form of microaggression, and we should acknowledge that. And we should try to be better, again, about the language that we use. We should I would say like people to... when, we say, when we mean people. And that is when... actually a failing of mine in my vocabulary. I am too quick to just assume... A, a, a gender implied uh, pronoun, which I should not use. I should uh, try to change that vocabulary. I am woke, DC Matthews, and as a woke doctor of Mansonomics, I feel that I should do better uh, than than I I do. So I, I'm making an effort. When this podcast is over, I would like to know your political platform and how you plan to win election in whatever race you're running for because you are you are towing the PC line harder than I've ever heard you tow it before. Maybe this is how you get over being the nope of negativity is you've got to ride the, the PC wagon and so you can't be negative because you've just got to keep apologizing for it right away. Um, yeah, it's weird that they have to work on Christmas, these people. These talents, these athletes, these superstars have to have to work on Christmas, um, and not just the superstars. You have you, backstage production. You have tribute for the troops. Yep. Like you have tribute for the troops. I don't understand well why you don't just show that on 
Christmas. Supposedly, this was a request of the USA Network um, to not show a pre-taped um, event okay. those nights. Then I then were it me, and again, WWE can't do this, but I would hope that the USA Network would say, um, "We're going to fork over a significant amount of money to help you fly your immediate family." to the event so that even if you have to perform on Christmas, you're still with your family. One would hope. Won't happen. I have no problem with New Year's. Like, if you had told me, you know, the fact that, you know, you're going to have uh, a raw New Year's Day, sure. New Year's Eve might be a little different, but then again, I think it would be interesting. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of people in this country who do not celebrate Christmas either. So in that regard, I suppose it's not a necessity but as a day that I think you know most people who work, uh, who most people who work just happen to get off, whether you celebrate the holiday or not, allows you to spend that time with your family. Um, you know, just in that regard, uh, I I feel I feel some sympathy for them. I I agree. All right, I think we should do this. I don't think DDT Wrestling should become a bi-weekly, every other week show. Um, However, I do think it's nice when we've gone a couple of weeks. Like, we have a lot to talk about. We are bouncing between topics. I'm very excited. Um, what happens when Vinnie Mac shows up next week? What is are we? Do we get the lockbox back? Are we finally going to... Is he going to bring back the lockbox and be like, not only are you reinstating me, or maybe you're not reinstating me yet, but you're going to... I will wrestle Kevin Owens in a Hell in a Cell match for the... For my job, is that what's happening? I don't know. I, I really I, don't know. All I'm I know, excited. all I know is, I, traditionally, historically, I like it when Vince McMahon shows up on television. That's exactly how I feel. I think I, you know, I'm gonna hope for the lockbox. I will probably wind up disappointed, but that's okay. And you do realize they haven't mentioned the lockbox. Like, since like the first time months. it was mentioned. In 14 months. They dropped it immediately. <laughs> well, but now is the perfect time for them to bring it back. That and um, Hornswoggle. Perfect time. Maybe he's in the lockbox. How big is this lockbox? I guess it could, could be, be as one big of as those, you want like, it to big be. gun safes, you know, the yeah. big gun yeah, safes. Sure. And they, they drag it out, they open it up, Hornswoggle comes out, and then it becomes a triple threat. Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens. Versus Hornswoggle in the cell. It makes as much sense as Hornswoggle being the anonymous gen- general manager. Do we get another cell match? Typically, there's two. Um, let me think. Probably, and it's probably something with Baron Corbin, right? No. <laughs> it's going to be Shinsuke versus Jinder Mahal to keep the Singh brothers out of the match. I would assume. Yeah. Okay, you're right. We're gonna get Shinsuke versus so, Jinder. Here's the question. How do the Singh brothers get in the cell? Either. They're just hiding under the ring the entire show? Maybe. Maybe that's it. Is Maybe there's something where they're like, you know, we're not going to be able to be there, yada, 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 you know, due to <laughs> we're being deported by the American government. Um, so we can't be there. And then they wind up showing up either that, or they pretend they're the cameramen or there's some, 
I don't know, Kali comes back out and rips a hole through the cell for them to all get through. There'll be some shenanigans. There will be does shenanigans. Sh- does Shinsuke win the title this time? Is this the second match? Yeah. No, not this time. When's the India tour? That's what I want to know. Me too. I also want to know how many YouTube views um, the, I'm forgetting her name, from the May Young Classic. Kavita Devi, I believe. Kavita Devi. Uh, I want to know how many YouTube views she has now, because if that's, you know, north of two or three million at this point, uh, you know, Jinder Mahal's never losing this title. All right. I'm changing my mind. Because they're supposed to be in India in September. Helena Cell is in October. Hmm. Okay. I think Shinsuke could win this one because they've accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. They could just, you know, they made it to the India tour. They had an Indian champion on the India tour, and then he loses it as soon as he gets back. That's possible. He's pinned in baggage claim. In whatever American airport they fly into. He's at LAX. He gets pinned on the turnstible thing. No, I, I, I think there's a good chance he holds it until their third pay-per-view match. That's entirely possible. I just, I personally don't need to see this go three matches. I was happy with it going one, but that's just me. And maybe the story will be better if that is the case. Um, JBL is gone. He is no longer on the commentary team. Corey Graves is pulling double duty for a while, maybe until the big show gets healthy and then can take over with his reinforced table, which is now, I'm all for this. I'll be disappointed that this doesn't happen. That's a great idea you had. This table was steel reinforced. Absolutely. So it could support the big show's forearms as he leans on it for three hours every night. (laughs) A brand new weapon at ringside. That's what we need. Uh Happy, sad, JBL's gone. Apathetic. Mostly apathetic at this point. Um, I didn't dislike him on commentary immensely. Um, so, you know, I if rumors are true, maybe I'm not the biggest fan of JBL the man. But, you know, I think Corey Graves moving to SmackDown is only a net win for that show. Yes, I enjoy the Corey Graves Tom Phillips dynamic, and it also reunites Corey Graves with Byron Saxton, and I enjoy that dynamic too. Yeah, so I I do feel again uh, some sympathy for Corey Graves because commentating on both Raw and SmackDown sounds like one hell of a travel schedule. Yeah. Um, hey, remember when we did that nice thing on Breaking Ground and offered you a contract? What we didn't mention is you have to do every show we tell you to right right um so i would expect sooner or later hopefully sooner rather than later Corey graves is replaced on one of those two shows with another yes. talent nigel okay that's possible my, that would be my guess nigel i think is taking over 205 live um and i would assume that's an audition you do well on 205 live we'll give you a shot on raw the only thing with that is I don't feel like Nigel fills the same role as Corey Graves. Color, Corey seems more color commentary than Nigel. 
not to say that he couldn't do it. He he does have a strong character at times as well. He hasn't really flexed that in NXT as much, but I, I don't Maybe. know. It's a different I style, I think. I could again. I would be all for. I tweeted this out. I would be all for one of these shows doing a rotating guest announcer, not a celebrity, but like let Dolph Ziggler do commentary. He while I enjoyed watching him come out as Naomi, it's did not you? What he's doing it. It was entertaining. All Again, right. it was one of the, it's the same way that Charlie Haas doing this was entertaining. The big show at one point was making fun of superstars. That was entertaining. I mean, making fun of superstars is one thing, but I feel like he misappropriated a culture, and I didn't care for that at all. Seriously, what is it? Governor? Uh, town councilman? Are you joining the Board of Education in your town? What are you doing? He misappropriated a culture. People wear hats. And have towels. Or are you not talking about John Cena? I am not talking about John right. Cena. Uh, there's not a lot going on in, on SmackDown. You know, Baron Corbin's kind of in the U.S. title picture. I'm looking forward to AJ Styles versus Ty Dillinger. If that match happens, I'm I not, doubt that, it does. Right. That's the problem, right? With Baron Corbin being as evolved in that scene as he is... Yeah. I, I don't think we're going, even if we get that match, which again, high probability Dillinger is taken out backstage before the match ever that's begins. What that's what I'm calling right now. But it's even if he gets out. into that ring, he is going to get laid out. Yes. So I, that, I hope they surprise me. I hope that's not really what it is. I would love to see it because those two could put on a 12-minute match that would be really good, and I bet you could they could make you believe for that hair of a second that Ty Dillinger is going to win the U.S. title. And that's Absolutely. all I want. He's a great... I want what Shelton Benjamin did with Shawn Michaels back in whatever it was, 04, 05, where, and he did it with Triple H too. He wrestled them in singles matches, and he came close to beating them both. That's all I want with Ty Dillinger. Was Shelton in action on SmackDown this week? I don't remember. I don't believe so. There were. I don't believe I saw Bobby Roode. I don't believe I saw no, no Bobby Roode. Gable. I, there were a couple of people missing. And again, I get it's only a two-hour huh. show, but come on. Oh, you. Well, that's something I just want to talk about real quick. Bobby Roode. Um, I don't know if we talked about his debut on SmackDown. We probably did a couple weeks ago, but it seems like since his debut, they have gone out of their way to put him in matches against established heels. Is Bobby Roode a face? Yes. How strange. Well, Bobby Roode's entrance is a face, and I think that's it. Okay. I think They Vince knew that was going to be over no matter like, what. People are going sh- to sing this song no matter what we do. So, funny story. I'm in the car. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those lucky few. Well, you're one of these two. Uh, I carpool to work with my wife we work close enough together that i get dropped off most mornings and i get in the car and she is listening to a song called glorious um by macklemore i think and so she's listening to it and i remember seeing a music video where macklemore takes his grandmother out for a day and it was it was a very cute video and so i was like i have a song for you called glorious and i started playing it and it lasted about 10 seconds before the subject was changed, and I needed to turn off the radio. Or I, Why? I it's a good it's song. Good. It is a great song, but wrestling theme songs are not usually in the purview of, of my beautiful, wonderful wife. So, 
And that was just fine by me. I listened to it when I came home and did my mock entrance as I... I said, I said, oh, man, I have a bathrobe at school. I should go get my bathrobe and just do the entrance. I support you 110% in this endeavor. Um, Usos versus New Day in a street fight. Okay. Apparently that's going to happen. Again, I, I literally wrote down the events of SmackDown because it seemed to pale in comparison. Like the Raw topics were, were lengthy and meaty and the SmackDown topics were less so. Um, but that was pretty much it. I I will watch the Kevin Owens show. Can we get that? Just like once, can we get one time where it's two hours of the Kevin Owens show and he gets to decide? I would watch that show all day. I agree. I agree. His face on the microphones and that would be great. Um, anything else major in the world of wrestling that you would like to talk about before we do go to our couple of emails? That international contingent. We are an international podcast, um, and I love that. But anything, or are we heading over to ddtwrestling at gmail.com? Emails! ddtwrestling is gmail.com, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. I would hope that you would uh, send us some emails there, neighborhood. I know you happy few that listen tend to have a you know social media presence. I know Brandon Mack did tweet at us today that he was excited that we are getting into pumpkin season i can't it's like the third one going we are heading into our third pumpkin spice season doc manson uh did you try an apple pie oreo i saw the picture you bought them i did try an apple pie oreo and report. they are tasty good i'm not sure they, they taste like apple pie do they do is it just the cinnamon spice that tends to accompany an apple pie i think yes but there is an apple flavor to the cream but it's still not quite apple pie but either way i i do think i would recommend them i, I so think it's a good flavor an oreo you have had an oreo you have you're back on the road to oreo enjoy indeed did you stack four of them on top of each other and shove it in your mouth <sighs> i did not in okay. fact never again all right fair enough so, um, do you want me to read Pav's email? I know it is for you, and I might leave the room. Well, I think but... in that case, I better make you read it, so that way you can't leave the room. Hey, guys. This one is for Doc. In the lead-up to my favorite day in wrestling, Tuesday, July nineteenth, two 2016, Doc professed how he would only watch whichever show Kevin Owens was drafted to. In a mock draft in June 2016, DC even let Doc have the first pick just so he could pick Kevin Owens. Yes, Pav, like Pepperidge Farm, I did add that part, remembers. Do you still feel this ardent about KO, Doc? Um. There are more questions. I'm just going to let you answer them one at a time. I don't know. Maybe. I, in the context of everybody on the roster, probably not. But um, I do still think he's very good. Okay. One of the best. If we had a draft now, would KO be your first pick? If we were drafting a roster based on WWE and its companies, including NXT, including the UK, including 205 Live, would Kevin Owens be your first pick? No. Um, I'm going to skip the one part. Do you prefer KO on Raw or SmackDown? I, I personally don't think it matters. Do you? Not really. So, if you're not going to pick KO, who is your inaugural pick, 
And then, because Pav is smart and pays attention, he wrote two words, Asuka aside. Asuka would be the first pick, yes. Obviously, you're going to pick Asuka first. Who would you pick second? Who would be a nice compliment to Asuka if you were drafting a roster? Now, I know this would depend on who I picked, but who would be the next person on your list? Well... You know, I don't think necessarily I would pick a compliment to Asuka immediately. Well, I don't I don't mean necessarily someone for Asuka to... I'm just saying in terms of two draft picks, usually you want to go in two different areas. So I understand what you're saying. You don't pick another woman unless you're going to do a women-heavy show. Sure. Um, but in terms of just, you know, who am I excited about on this roster, who I see every week and I go, squeeze! Of you know, just a squeal of pleasure and enjoyment. Um, I, I'm gonna go with Braun Strowman. Makes total sense. That is a one-two punch right there. If you have Oscar and Braun Strowman, you have a roster. Doesn't matter who else you fill it out with. People are gonna watch that show. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Pav, for the email. Pav was asking for criteria for emails. I think he's a little worried that his emails are not getting through. He did send an email apparently about. Um, goldfish let me go back to this because i forgot this was here is it true that if you keep a goldfish in the dark it turns white or another color can you refer to that do goldfish unknown i I do not know okay we stumped the scientist uh the next email we've had one from i believe india um or western asia i think pop is from India, but now I feel bad that I'm not totally sure, but I think so. But I know that this one comes from the UK and our good buddy Glenn. Mr. Mike Crockett cordially invites DC Matthews and Doc Manson to join his Facebook group, Putting Over Podcasts. He said he would love to have you in the group as there is an air of mystery about you. I said I would ask. I don't remember the last time I checked DC Matthews' Facebook. Does Doc Manson have a Facebook? Doc Manson has a Facebook, but I also don't know the last time I checked it. There was one time where I cleared my cookies, and then when I went to log into Facebook, I logged in under an assumed name that I have. You know, DC Matthews obviously is my real name, so I logged in under a fake name um, that I have a Facebook for, and I haven't switched out. Yeah. So yeah, I, I suppose I, I will join this Putting Over Podcast Facebook group. What is uh, a putting time. over podcasts? I'm assuming it is a Facebook group that promotes and tries to build some camaraderie among podcasts, probably more specifically of a wrestling variety. So, but I don't know. I, it looks like you're checking right now. I am checking right now. And I mean, at least going back to late July. I'm not seeing any invites to any groups. Well, then we'll put it out there to Glenn and to Mike Crockett. If you want to re-invite us, uh, we will take a look at your group. So I have a question based off of this email. I want to get your impression on this, DC Matthews. Do you think there's an air of mystery about us? Yes. Why? Because we, with the exception of one breakfast, <laughs> um, we we don't... We don't often, I consider us to be, I don't think we're the Statler and Waldorf of the New Age Insiders affiliated podcasts. No, they're far too beloved. But we are the two guys in the back of the class who are just kind of off doing their own thing. It's not even that we're like cutting up or mocking everything. I mean, sometimes we do, 
but it's more like we're just off in the back of the class and we don't necessarily talk to everyone mm-hmm. else. I sort of see you as um, the man throwing the exploding fish, whereas I perhaps am more of a um, hmm hmm. I'm I'm gonna say uh. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a uh, – what's the chef's name? I can't remember his name. The, the Swedish chef. The Swedish chef. I think I'm more of a Swedish chef type character, I think. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. What's a scientist named Beaker? <laughs> Beaker. And uh, prof- or Professor Honeydew or Dr. Honeydew? That's kind of what I was going for. Mm-hmm. I would, of course, be Beaker. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be about as useful around the lab, I imagine. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Fair Look, enough. I made a lovely stack of all the fetal pigs. Put them back in the freezer, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do think there is an air of mystery about us. We we tend to not partake in some of the um, group conversations, mainly because a lot of it involves things that we just don't have the time. We're also the only two, and again, forgive me, you have um, – I want to put this in a politically correct way in case I do choose to run for office. Um, we have very professional jobs. You know, Crockett and Malonis are, as far as I know, a wrestler and a referee. So they're involved in the wrestling business. Um, you know, Jason and Liam and Bill work for a wrestling company. They are involved in the wrestling business. We are fairly detached from the wrestling business. It is a couple of steps to get from us to anyone who is actively involved. I suppose you're more friendly with Rachel, who I suppose has been involved in the wrestling business. So maybe you're closer than I, but... And even that, she was more involved, I think, in the past. Um, so, so you know, I do think there's an air of mystery about us. Uh, I think it's more just my inner social anxieties that try to limit me from doing things. And I'm just a curmudgeon. No, because you wanted to go to Brooklyn. Had I been interested, we would have gone. Probably. So it was my own just like, I'm not going. If you want to go with GQ, you have fun. And then GQ didn't go for whatever reasons. So. Maybe next year. Maybe Maybe next year. All right. And maybe next week we will join you for – actually, no, definitely next week. But I ask you, Doc Manson, we cannot leave um, without our piece of positivity. So what is uh, your piece of positivity getting you through the wrestling week? My your piece eyes widened. of positivity. I'll go ahead and say despite my dislike of his lack of facial hair, um, the Big Show wrestled a match. You know, now, Big Show has had good matches even with guys like Ryback up a couple of years ago, but Big Show seemed to be on another level. He did at one point like a top rope elbow drop. Was he on the Neville level? I don't know if he was on the Neville level. I didn't see a red arrow, but um, he was on a level where he was like, let me show you what I am capable of. It I seemed to me that Big Show was demonstrating just how big of a fan he is of Kerry Zane. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Um, so that's my piece of positivity is whether it was his last match or not, I give major props to the big show. What's yours? My piece of positivity is, is in anticipation, I guess, 
Uh, as much as I'm not a big fan of you know general managers and commissioners being parts of storylines, I like to sort of get them out of the way. Um, we are in a situation where we are now being promised an appearance by none other than Mr. McMahon next week on SmackDown. And honestly, uh, that is exciting to me. I am looking forward to that. And hopefully cool. uh, there is some payoff for us next week. In addition to a payoff next week, I want emails, people. And I've said it before. And I should say it at the beginning of the show because I know people tend not to listen necessarily to the end of the show. But I want some emails. I want to know that there are people out there who care about us and want to support us, even if we are. Maybe you can talk about the air of mystery. Why are we so mysterious? I want emails, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Please send us some emails so we can incorporate you into our show. I want to thank Doc Manson at Doc Manson for joining me on this really quite enjoyable endeavor. We will get into the little book of stupid questions. I've started going through it. Some of the questions are really stupid as in I'm not reading them, but there are some decent ones in there that will spark some conversations on later episodes. Anything else, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? Not tonight. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Until we meet again, my friends, we will see you around the neighborhood.